dive deep into the realm of large language models, prompt engineering, and best practices. With over 25 years of combined AI and product engineering experience, here are your hosts, Bradley Arsenault and Justin Macarin. Good evening, Justin. Hello, Brad. Justin, one of uh, a good buddy of mine, he does this like Salesforce CRM consulting. And he gets paid an absolutely insane amount of money, uh, like 15, 20 grand contracts that only take one week of work, like one week, 20 grand, man. It, it's, it's crazy. And the real, the reason is setting up a, a, a CRM correctly is like super difficult. Think about all those, those things you have to, you have all these different fields in the database. You have triggers. Oh, if uh, this email is received, you know, send this lead magnet over to this person. Oh, if they do this, oh, then this logic should get triggered and the pipe the information over to here. Oh, are they sales qualified lead? Are they marketing qualified lead? Uh, all of this complicated logic. I don't know if you've, have you ever set up a CRM? Like the inter the user interfaces are, are they're terrible. Yeah, I, I, I can't say that, that I have too much experience setting up CRM systems, but I have dealt with enormous amounts of like filtering logic and just like a lot of conditional logic as well and it can get out of hand very easily and i guess the direction we're heading in with this podcast is where do llms play a role um in kind of facilitating that kind of you know filtering conditional execution in an application whether that's on the technical side of things or on the product side of things. I feel like over the years, there's been an enormous effort to try to translate what business people want the software to do. Well, just like business people, all, you know, everyone except the engineers, you know, the, 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 the relevant stakeholders, what they want the product to do into the, the, the conditional logic of the application, right? It was, you know, you, you have to think about uh, all, um, all these different scenarios and it's often very specific. Think about like, you know, bank programming, right? Like where it's like, okay, in this program, like this transaction needs to be handled this way, but in this other credit card program, this transaction needs to be handled this way. You know, it's like, I, I feel like the conditional logic is the piece that is, is the hard part of translating you know, requirements into code, you know, it's like, how do we represent that logic? You know, it's just fundamental. It's fun. It, do you hear what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, so, so fundamentally conditional logic plays an enormous role in application development. You say it's challenging, yeah. but if we just take a look at a conditional statement, right? An if else statement, for example, is it very complicated to write? Or is the challenge over here either understanding the business requirements and writing that condition or just the sheer amount of conditions? Or maybe it's something else. I, I feel like it, we were discussing this before, but um, I feel like it comes down partly just the complexity of that logic. Like we were talking about dates, right? And yep. dates it's not it's not exactly trivial what next friday means right 
does next Friday mean the the soonest Friday? Or does next Friday mean next week on Friday? Or what does just next week mean? Does next week mean seven days from now? Or does next week mean Sunday to Saturday, the next Sunday to Saturday interval? The, the, just, just actually getting encoding a piece of logic on a date. Like I want to follow up on the, 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 the very next Friday that occurs. It's actually, it's non-trivial. And, you know, that's why these CRM interfaces that are based around triggers and conditional logic, they're always super difficult and painful to use. As like a programmer, I'm just like, this is so inefficient. I don't want to type this in the interface. And then as a regular person, you're like, this interface is so cumbersome. I, I don't know how to represent my logic in terms of this weird interface, you know. There's something, it's important there, but also challenging. I I guess let, let's assume for, for this conversation that product requirements are very well defined. All right. And, and, and mm -hmm. so we're given, yeah. you know series of product requirements i think that llms play a role maybe in in two areas the first area is allowing a user to define what kind of conditions or filters or logic they yes. want to yes in before or after or during a specific activity and I, so, so that's the first area that I think LMs can definitely play a, a role in, and yeah. and that's on the product user experience side of things. And then the second area that the LM can play a role with, or a role in, is in the actual source code and the actual like development of that condition. So, for example, okay. instead you were mentioning dates, instead of having that conditional logic in source code to say, hey. If this date is greater than this date, then maybe what we can have is we can have something along the lines of, you know, a prompt with a variable or maybe two variables that say, hey, is this day before or after this day? And now the prompt mm. could kind of, mm. you know, issue um, a, a decision. You've got your date comparison prompt, basically. You've got your date comparison prompt. And maybe you have, you know... Uh, a classification prompt or maybe you have a different prompt because historically like even like classification prompts right man these took a long time to build like you needed to collect the data you need to do all these crazy things you probably needed sign off from from your pm or at least your engineering manager to even build out a classification model um even if you had like a great framework to do it with like it was still something you needed to do and you need to sign off but today yeah well do you really need the same level of sign-off to kind of build a really small prompt in an application. And if you don't, then there's a likelihood that by injecting an application with a bunch of these little small prompts, you're not only accelerating your engineering work, but you're also injecting a lot of intelligence in an application that would otherwise be kind of dumb. So tell me how, like, you're saying using the prompts as, like, an alternative to writing code. Is is that, am I hearing that right? Like, in, instead of writing my Python, like, I'll just, like, I'll put a prompt and I'll be like, if the prompt returned, yes, do this logic. That's exactly what I'm saying. And based on, on my experience up to date, um, it is something mm. that I'm using a lot. And I'm seeing 
a significant benefit in in my ability not only to execute very quickly, but also to inject an enormous amount of intelligence in an application that would otherwise be quite dumb. And the alternative of using these prompts in these conditions is to build out your own classification models. And like, man, that's not a fun thing to yeah. do. <laughs> like, it's really not fun, right? Like sitting down, labeling text in Excel or like a spreadsheet with like one uh, it was fun for me once upon a time, but okay. <laughs> it I think gets boring have... after you've done it the first time. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> right. Um, so I think that that definitely plays a role. But but also to your point about your friend who works in the Salesforce CRM world, maybe can, can we dive yeah. a little deeper in that user interface component, how a user may kind of dialogue with, with a UI to kind of define how potential conditions exist or how certain actions should be executed like sending an email for example well like everything it just seems to be converging towards plain english text i guess that's how i'm imagining it like what i want is to be able to go into jira and just be like yo when this ticket enters this state do this click and you know and it's just like bling, 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 you know and then maybe it shows me the conditional logic like it kind of translates that into the structured form but i don't think that's actually required i think like why not in why fact, not it's, it's a more flexible if be, because we know that that these large language models well, aren't always perfect right i guess yeah so Here's what I'm saying is is it would be convenient to translate it into the structured form, but actually I think that's more limiting. Like that will be more there there there's this uh this category of statements of of if of conditions that are just not really describable. They're they're more Bayesian, you know, they're more probabilistic. They're just they're not describable in an if-else format. So it's like if we just actually keep it in the plain English text and just execute that text at runtime, then we you have a lot of flexibility in terms of if you get it working, you've got a lot of flexibility in terms of what you can type in there. I like that. So basically the vision over here is you provide the user the ability to describe the condition, whether that's a simple condition or more of a complex condition. And then you take that natural mm -hmm. English text and you can maybe break it down into smaller conditions that then get executed in real time in the background, all using LLMs um, and their respective actions or webhooks or whatever's required. Am, am, am I hearing that right or am I missing something? Yeah. I, th I think you're right. I mean, I don't know if it needs to be broken down, although that probably would make it more effective uh, to, as, as it usually goes with prompts. But um, yeah, yeah, you, 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 would, you would execute that prompt uh, when the condition is hit. Um, and uh, I guess that actually, that's another important question. When do you run the prompt? Because the, running the prompt itself needs to have a condition, some sort of trigger. Yeah, I guess... You don't want to be running the prompt like 24 7, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was guess. Was this trigger hit? Was this trigger hit? Was this trigger hit? <laughs> that's more of a, um, a business decision, right? Like, let's say, you know, you want to send Bob an email early morning if he posts about XYZ, then would we run that application once and say, hey, you know, it's not even today. So therefore, maybe wait 
24 hours. And maybe there's even logic around there, right? Where now we're kind of getting into really intelligent kind of batch job running with LLM prompts. This can like, this is interesting. Well, th this is, yeah. So I, I'm building a chatbot for a friend of mine and we, one of the key features is that it needs to proactively follow up. Like you talk to it, you kind of end the conversation, but then it follows up with you. And the way that we did this is we used conditional logic, just like you're describing. And we would run that in a batch job every single hour. So every hour we load all of the conversations, we run this prompt on each conversation and it returns yes or no, you should follow up now. In practice, this has been, I've very mixed results with this. It's not working as well as you, you would hope it to, but I think we can eventually get it working. Um, but yeah, I, I, it offers so much flexibility and actually for her, who's non-technical, that means she can go in and edit that follow-up trigger logic and be like, Hey, if the customer, uh, uh, mentions a difficult situation that they experienced recently, I want you to follow up after three days. And sh she describes it just like that in plain English. And we run that prompt every hour and it just keeps going and it almost always returns no, but like when it returns yes, that's, that's the important thing. And Brad, that's, that's incredibly valuable because now we have a non-technical person executing on something that historically would be very technical. They would literally need to open up source code, make changes to the source code. Yeah potentially push the source code to Git, you know, and actually deploy. And now, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, in, in her place. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, and, you know, she'd be, she couldn't even do that herself. I mean, she'd be calling me up. She'd be like, Brad, I need you to modify the code and I need it by yesterday. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's clients often do. <laughs> oh, so basically, so it's like, it actually gives me a lot of free, more freedom too. As the engineer, it's like, I got her off my back. Like now she can make the product changes. I don't need to get B looped involved so I can do the more valuable stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's so well, much that's opened win, up win. by. Well, so it's a win um, for the engineer because it's faster and, yeah. and, and, and more efficient. It's a win for the product person because now they actually don't need to contact the engineer, they could actually do it themselves and potentially even add or modify or do all kinds of different stuff through the conditional logic. I, I guess when we have an application, a very large application, do you think there are any kind of limits to the amount of LLM conditional logic we can have in there? Sometimes what I've noticed is if you have a lot, it can run slow. And what I've started to toy around with is kind of running many different yeah. in parallel. Yeah. So now, you know, you'll have a function and instead of doing things in series, it'll just do everything at once in a very kind of synchronous way and then wait for all the results to come back. And I'm starting to see better results with that. It's like we're going to fire off 20 prompts in parallel. Yeah, exactly. That's right. We're going to fire off 20 prompts in parallel. And like, I feel like that just runs so quickly and so well. And there's just like- Then get all, all the results. Then do yeah. the exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I I think that this whole like LLM conditional logic thing, filtering, 
there's a huge opportunity over here, not only for the CRM space, but I think for any space that requires a lot of, of conditions. And I think that's most applications like, like you described at the beginning of the call, right? Like conditions are, are the foundational layer to pretty much all applications. And we're presented yeah. with a very, very good tool. And I guess before we kind of, you know, end the call over here, I just want to share that I am super excited to start seeing smaller large language models running on CPU that are ultra fast for specifically this reason. Yes. Uh, well, using, you know, GPT-4, yeah. in my opinion, is often overkill, like significant overkill. And I think that we're, we're very, very close to having very small language models running on very small machines that'll be able to do a lot of conditional logic. And I think that that truly is going to be a turning point um in engineering do you, do you feel the same way or maybe, i don't know man I, i'm very excited i don't i don't disagree with you i, I it's like we're, we're gonna it's the, the the cpu itself is is changing is gonna yeah. change somehow i mean maybe there's still a regular cpu but it's like all of the important stuff is gonna be going in and out of a neural network in, in the tv and the remote and the phone that uh yeah i hear you it's it's gonna go through a transformation Ten years out, uh, everything will be unrecognizable technology-wise. This is exciting, Brad. Um, yeah. So I, I guess thank you, thank you very much for 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 this great call, and I look forward to our next one. Great chatting with you, Justin. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for joining us. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe and stay updated on our latest content. We appreciate your support.